three, two, one, officially. Yeah. Here we go. Talk to me again. I just want to turn up my output volume. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll talk to you for as yeah, long like as you want. At least then. an hour. I think Forever. is usually our <laughs> ideal amount of talking. Yeah. No. After that, it just gets hairy. Eh? Look at that. I haven't seen that ink on your arm before. That's nice. I wore a sleeveless shirt a little, a little while ago. Mm. Uh, sad that there's no video for this. Probably there's no one that exists that's sad that there's no video for these anyways. Um, I actually had a, I actually did hear from someone who asked, Oh, where's the video? Because we reference often what we're doing on video. And uh, I guess it was one of those, it may have been the Jenna Marbles where, where we were talking about the Nikki. Yeah. And then they were like, where's the visual? I was like, we're lazy for that right now, man. My sister asked once. Too. Oh, Shout out to my sister. I'm drinking the grossest stuff ever, but I kind of like it. She bought me this for my birthday. It looked like water from here. Oh, is that that Suntory? Suntory? It's kind of water. Have you seen this? No, no, no. It's not whiskey. It's called Seed Lip. It's distilled non-alcoholic spirits. Not... And there's a weird part of me that enjoys it. Yeah, okay. Um. But it sounds like you. No one would enjoy it. It's like a non-alcoholic mixer, or some. Or I don't. Know. But this one is flavored with distilled peas and hay. It's a very botanical sort of. <laughs> yeah, it's like gin without the, gin. the fun part of gin. Yeah, right. It's like Bombay Sapphire without, without the, sapphire. the alcohol. <laughs> Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, it's just Bombay. It's just Bombay. No, that, you know what? I bet you that's what they use in like uh, those mocktails, right? Comes in handy. Yeah. I was looking on the trending page uh, of YouTube, and the guy that you keep posting is in there. Is that a terrible segment or segue? Sorry. Kind um, of, kind tell of, me about I, this guy. I'll, I'll talk about him. Um, I'm. That's putting me on the spot, man. I would have I would have done way more justice to him. Dil, is it Dil, Diljit? No, okay, so it's Diljit Dosan. Okay, okay. Hilarious to me that you even brought this up. Okay, um, I well, I just bit, recognized I'll, it on the trending page, and yeah, oh, I noticed that too. Like I I uh, I noticed that on his comments as well, right? A lot of people are like, "Hey, you're number one or two in the USA." It was a big deal. Anyways, long story short, this guy's. Just like any K-pop star, but not K-pop, he's Indian, right? So <laughs> Punjabi, uh, specifically. And Bhangra is a big, you know, style of music. Um, so nonetheless, this guy's been doing his thing for quite some time. And uh, so he just released his, this is his 11th album. He's had like 36 singles, huge, done movies, all that stuff, right? Uh, he's Drake level, right? Like on that side of the world. Um, and... I've always just enjoyed him because he's just a, a funny guy. Like he, you can tell that he's like a good guy, but he's also chill, whatever. Um, okay, this is how stupid I am, right? Like, so the reason I started liking this guy was because he started trolling Kylie Jenner, like on Instagram. Oh, okay, it was always like like showing up in her like IG lives and like sending messages and like screenshotting the DMs he sent, like just like all tongue in cheek. Really? Oh yeah, right. Now, like, does she know who he is? Like, well, is he famous in North America too? He's famous enough in artistic circles, right? So the thing is, like, people like me will watch his videos and be like, hey, that's fun. Some other people from other parts of the world might watch it, like, and say, hey, 
Is he wearing a Murakami vest, like a custom-made Takashi Murakami vest, which is a pretty big deal, right? And he, he's pretty much a style icon on his, like, so it makes sense for him to intersect with that Jenner Kardashian world and that this guy's rocking Gucci, like, custom <laughs> sweaters and all this stuff. And so it makes sense. That kind of worked. Um, but yeah, it was pretty, it was a funny, little you because, know, like, he came out, like, years and years ago as just, like, a typical, like, folk singer guy, right? Um, but the rebranding went pretty well. So, like, yeah, he, he's that the Drake kind of like styled, branded, well-produced, you know, good right, stuff. Right. Um, some, but he's got a little bit more substance, right? He actually, so he won me over last year again. Like every so often I fade out of this stuff because I'm not as brown as I look, right? Um, but on a quarterly basis, I have like a week where I kind of like dig in and like get back to my roots. Okay. And it tends to coincide with whenever this guy's releasing material. So it just happens to work out that way um and yeah so it's always been some good stuff and i remember like last year he did an mtv unplugged um like on mtv india which like they streamed on like facebook and it was actually really good so yeah that's who that guy is but okay. a little bit of why he trends around the world but the same reason you'd see like a like a k-pop guy or like some sort of eurovision star do the same now are most like uh bollywood stars are they it seems to me like they would have like they're sort of like multifaceted more so like like you don't see Leonardo DiCaprio releasing like records or whatever but well so yeah like... they don't so he's he's okay. a one-off right he's a he's unique okay. in that sense yeah he's unique okay. in that sense um generally if you're a Bollywood actor or even like and they've got different names for like the different parts of India so like Tollywood and call it like all the different regional dialects oh, okay. um most of those people they just they just act that's all they do and okay. they might host a game show to make some money, they might do like the Indian version of like who wants to be a millionaire sure. or right, all that kind of stuff. Stars always do that kind of stuff. But there's very, very few who do what he does, which is, you know, he was a musician first and then he kind of broke his way into um, like Punjabi movies and then into Bollywood movies. So it was kind of even like, so put it in this terms, it's kind of like you're, you're a French Canadian hip hop star who's made his way into French Canadian film. And then from there, jumped into Hollywood. Do you have a real-life example of that? <laughs> Not really, right? But, like, that that would kind of be the trajectory, right? Like, you'd have to be somebody who, whose language is different from the, the predominant movies in the country, right? He speaks Punjabi. Most of everybody speaks Hindi. But right. oh, he okay. made himself a big star there, did those movies, and then leveraged himself into being in Bollywood movies, um, while at the same time kind of doing the Will Smith thing, right? Put me in your movie and I'll give you a couple singles. Right. Will Smith. So like that's the kind of level. Like Will right. Smith was hip hop star, early stages. Yeah. Went to TV because mm -hmm. you know, like even his old videos were sort of like really theatrical and entertaining. Yeah. And there's lots of acting in those old Will Smith ones. So it made so much sense that he moved yeah. to TV, then moved to theater yeah. or cinema or whatever, Hollywood. Yeah. So he's kind of like that, that sort of level of talent. Yeah. I mean, in in that oh. sort of career trajectory of how you you leveled it up so it's it's always an interesting tale <laughs> cool. very cool all right well <clears throat> that's interesting this week on can you confirm that we're going to talk sports and uh, i am the last person to talk sports uh, so i'm really excited to talk about it we're also going to chat a little bit 
about TikTok, I think, at the end there, maybe just for a couple minutes, just to kind of, I find there's something going on right now with TikTok that I think is a little interesting. But sports and VR and AR, which is exciting. Augmented reality. There we go. I I knew there was an angle you were coming at with this because the one thing I never thought you'd ever want to talk about is sports. Ever. VR, AR. I, I usually just say I'm not, I don't, I don't sport is my usual go-to i don't even sport so you know and i'm fine with that i look at um if you think about i sort of stopped playing sports um in grade six i was playing baseball um my tooth my front tooth got knocked out playing first base when i was like 12 and uh i didn't play the next year i got my first guitar that year so I started playing guitar and practicing that. And, um, you know, I make a little bit of a living playing guitar too, which is an exciting thing. And I definitely was never good enough to make any money playing baseball. But who is? Like, really, like, music has, gives you the ability to earn a lot easier. If you look at all the kids that play sports out there, you know, like 1% mm-hmm. of them might make it to a major league. Yeah, but there's you know, a lot of that. There's but you don't have to be you don't have to be at the same level to make money playing music as you do to make money professional as a professional athlete for sure. Um, so yeah. I'm glad I I'm glad I went with the focus I did because I was never gonna I was never gonna you know make any cash and I've definitely earned back the investment that's, I made in that's, the music. That's awesome, right? Like I mean, yeah, I would say for you, you've got musical talents and skills that I don't like I could only dream of, right? Like I go to bed at night going, it'd be nice if I could play more than a single string instrument in my life. But um, I'll give you this much. Yeah, you can make money and you'll make it longer, right? Like over a longer term, you can you can go into your 70s and 80s continuing to play music and, and make money versus athletes who, you know, have short windows. But there's not, there, you know, there's a lot of them who make some cash real quick. Yeah. Right, like baseball is one of those where so many of the people who never make it to the majors still can, you know, right now during COVID, obviously it's a little bit difficult. Minor league baseball just canceled their season, right? So every minor league baseball player who's been riding buses, the Bull Durham's of the world, right? Some of my favorite, right? Do they get paid? They get so little, but they're getting paid nothing now because there's no season, right? Um, Contract work is being what they are, but they get paid enough to be like, they could consider themselves a good musician, right? Like, you know what I mean? They could be like, hey, this this 70K to ride the bus. And they pay their rent or whatever? Yeah, yeah 70K? Yeah, man, because oh, you're playing baseball, okay. right? And you still have a shot. One of these days, okay. they the, the big team might call you. But that's that's baseball, where there's a huge farm system. Uh, hockey's kind of the same way, where there's a huge farm system. Football doesn't really have that. Um, and basketball's kind of trying to develop it, where because you're not wrong there's so many of these people who go through college university don't really take the time to study have only been focused on the sport and then yeah there's thousands of you and there's only an under you know an extra two three hundred jobs every year in a league right based on mm-hmm. how many guys are retiring and how many guys are getting drafted and coming in that's that's a cutthroat world but i've seen it i've seen guys get drafted while we were in high school and get their million dollar check and never made it but now they sell real estate and good on them right they 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 worked hard and did what they had to do at that time um and for the love of the game they stick around or they don't 
but yeah, man, I want to hear about your sort of sport and how you came to this. I'm guessing, I'm guessing coronavirus has no. brought you to sports. No. Just, no? Um, okay. I still don't have any interest in watching any, uh, any sports on TV, okay? But something of interest did come across my eyes. It, it scurried across my eyes this morning. Um, how they're trying to relate to the fact that there's no fans. So sports are, you know, like, okay, so um, MLB started Tuesday, I believe. Yeah, um, I think their first game was on the 24th, was their first season opening game. And it's been a disaster. The first week has been an absolute disaster for Major League Baseball. Well, we will get into that go into for sure. So long. why I noticed or why I didn't even know that that happened, because <laughs> I honestly couldn't have, I wouldn't have even known that that's when baseball started. But interestingly, this I, I kind of find this interesting. Um, right. Fox is using augmented reality to put fans in the stadiums during games. And they look kind of like, uh, so they're powered by the Unreal Engine. Have you ever heard of the Unreal Engine? It's a, yeah, it's like a game engine, right? So um, it's maybe the most widely used video game engine. Yeah, Replicates a- physics and uh, yeah. environmental uh, changes and weather and that kind of thing. Uh, created by a guy named Tim Sweeney. Uh, if you're not into video games and you're a parent, you'll definitely have know of Epic Games which is the creators of Fortnite. Okay. So, so that's my him. Fortnite avatar is watching the Reds right now or whoever. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if they're still called the Reds, um, but they're using, so, so they, I guess they have been putting in fake audience sounds and things like that. Yeah. But they Every feel like it's done different things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this company called, Silver Spoon Animation has a augmented reality program, and it, and it can be used in a lot of different ways, and it's actually live, so they can kind of program it and drop in items as uh, as a live broadcast is going. So um, they can use it for news to, you know, like in front of a green screen to drop in real effects and in real time, uh, and they'll be using this software, which runs off the Unreal Engine for crowd participation. So the crowds can do the wave, they can react to fly balls, they can do a whole bunch of different things, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's needed, though. So tell me... Um, As the viewer. You're there. Yeah, like, do you need the audience? Like, do you recognize right now that the audience isn't there and that's okay? Like, you're there to, to watch your favorite players swing and hit and catch things? Or <laughs> do, you, do you need that experience as part of it? It's a complicated one to answer because I, I, I don't, sure. I didn't know what I needed before the games came back. And as a sportsman, like, here's the funny part, right? Me and you, we, we never talk sports because I'm pretty much a fanatic junkie and like, there's no crossover for us here. Right. And, and so it, except for right now, except for right now, right? COVID man, bring us an all together. And, and so Maybe I'll even watch a sporting event. Yeah, just to right. see that crowd. And and you're not alone here. I've I've heard from a lot of people who are not sports folks who are just like, hey man, like the idea of a sense of community right now, like I can't maybe get to the theater show that I normally would, or I can't go on that winery tour, but this is something where maybe I can still get together with a handful of people on a patio and 
pretend like I care. Um, there's a lot of people who today I've even talked to who are like, hey, I'm going to go watch the Raps game tonight, the first one of the restart. Um, and I was like, hey, what, when, what's the last Raptors game you watched? Oh, well, when they won the championship. Yeah, there's been about 60 games in between that, but that's fine, right? Like, that's cool. Welcome back to the party. Yeah, I didn't even watch that. Right? So, and, and, it's, and I get it. So the restart for me, I've been, I've been ahead of the curve on this, right? Like, we've been, we're talking about North America. Um, I was watching, I've been watching Korean baseball at 5 a.m., right? Like, I get up and I'm, I'm watching the Dragons versus the, the Mar- Mariners or whoever, right? Like, the, there's, there was something always kind of going on. I've learned so many weird things about different sports that exist around the world because for a little while that's all there was. Um, but here's the issue that I'm having as a fan. Some of these leagues have learned lessons from what's been going on overseas, right? Like um, Premier League soccer and all that stuff was able to kind of get off the ground a little bit with no fans and everything and, and all that kind of limited stuff. The problem with the American sports leagues is that they're too fan-driven when it comes to the cash. Major League Baseball really can't exist on just television alone, contracts at least. They, they need gate. They need that 50,000 people coming through the turnstile, buying the booze, getting the popcorn, and 82 times a year. Right? Well, okay, cool. so everyone probably that listens to us knows that we're located in Ontario, so our closest teams are, you know, baseball-wise, are the Blue Jays or the Raptors for mm-hmm. basketball, you know, obviously. And we know, um, even though I'm not really into sports, I know a little bit about the economy of the Leafs because mm-hmm. uh, I find that pretty interesting. Um, so let's talk about that. Like, let's yeah. talk about what's an uh, what's the average ticket price to go see the Blue Jays right now? So the Jays go up and down. I mean, but because they've had what a good, would it be? Uh, they've had a couple of good years. So you have a you've got the lowest ticket price that could be about fifteen bucks. The highest ticket price might be about five, six hundred bucks if you're behind home plate, right in the first two, three rows there. I mean, the Eddie, um, you know, the guy from what's his name? Ed, the guy from Rush, man. You know, you know what I'm talking about. Eddie uh, Lee? Eddie Lee, right. Yeah. yeah. So he's got those seats right there that are at least five, six hundred bucks a night. Does right? he? He's like one of those like guys. He's back there. He's, he's the biggest baseball fan I know, one of the biggest Jays fans I've ever seen in my life, right? He is he is to the Blue Jays what Spike Lee is to the New York Knicks. What about that pop-up baseball? There was like an old man used to sit right behind home plate. Do you remember? My parents used to talk about him. There you go. Um, I don't Is that know a real guy? There's like an older man and wife who used to sit right behind home plate. Yeah, you know what? To be honest, I, I don't know if I see the away. wife as, No, I don't know if I see the wife as much as I just see him with like younger ladies nowadays. <laughs> um, um, but no, okay. So so baseball-wise, tickets. So they're making like two million dollars a game, basically. If they and sell. They're, they're not making it now, so that's right. fine. But ba- okay, so baseball's got its own issues. We want to talk about the Blue Jays. We love our team. We didn't even let them come home to play, right? They they don't have a home this year. They're, I believe they're going to set up in Buffalo after this week as their home games, uh, because what the NHL did differently and what the NBA did differently than the Major League Baseball organization here was that they bubbled everybody, right? Every single one of the remaining basketball teams went down to Walt Disney World. Uh, they're in Florida. That's it. You, you don't leave this place. Uh, you've got your hotels and you play your games on this one place. Uh, NHL decided to break their teams up into Edmonton and Toronto. I think it's very interesting to say that this sports league that had the op- option to pick any city in America, they could have set set, set their sights in Vegas uh, or anywhere else, decided 
it's safest for us to get all of our players out of America. And they decided on Edmonton to Toronto. And the the NHL experience from a fan's perspective is probably the closest one to um, a normal experience. They they have the same arenas. So you're you're used to seeing an arena. You see an arena. You see players on the ice doing what they do. They they put in uh, both in Edmonton and Toronto arenas giant LED screens that surround the entire um, stands. So you don't see black tarp or anything like that. On those screens, you see Zoom guys, people called in on Zoom, watching their team, reacting in live time. Oh. Uh, right, those kinds of things. Right. So the interactions brought in of like, um, here, join the Zoom call. All you guys are going to be fans. Exactly. Right. The, the the noise is different. It's quieter, and if you and you watch a hockey game when it's quiet, it's way different because these guys talk so much on the ice, right? One of it's it's one of the sports that televises very different. So when you watch a hockey game on TV versus being in the arena, it's an entirely different game. Uh, in person, live, it's fast, it's quick, it's loud. You hear the shouting, you hear the screaming on the ice. Uh, you don't hear any of that normally. You're starting to hear it now. Because with no fans in the crowd, it's a very different sort of intimate feel with the NHL. I feel they're they're one of the ones that have done it right. Um, as the NFL has mic'd, like the coaches are mic'd and quarterback are mic'd, right? Uh, sometimes, yeah, yeah they hear are that a little bit, but not the NHL, right? Not in the NHL, not as much. Okay. I mean, they they do mic'd, but it's different now. You would used to, you know, hearing they come back after commercial break and they'd be like, "This is what the guy said," right? Um, but now you're hearing the "Hey, hey," you know, on your left, on your left in the corner, in the corner, dump it. Like the actual play. I like that. Right? Like the actual play of the game. Um, That's cool to me. I love it too. The NBA though, for me, has been a bit of a different feel. Um, and I get the circumstances of having to just kind of hole up in Disney. and but, but I'm watching the NBA games. And the way that's different from the NHL is the NHL still kind of has a scale to it. There's still a grandness to it of like you're in the arena and you kind of see the scope of it. With the NBA, it's very tight. It's almost too intimate. They've made it like pro wrestling style of like, hey, we can get cameras so close because there's nobody here that right. it's almost a little too much. And it feels like I'm honestly sitting at Drake's house watching like a bunch of guys play basketball on his court. It's like playing it's, 2K. Yeah, it's like it's like a pickup game. Or it, but the the competition's there, right? They're they're obviously playing hard. But it feels like you just showed up at a really good time on a playground where like some guys are really having a good game. Whereas I kind of wanted to see it on a bigger scale. Now, Major League Baseball blew it on every level because they didn't bubble, right? They they just decided we're going to have our guys travel from city to city. And 17 people on the Miami Marlins are COVID positive. The Miami Marlins ended up playing the Philadelphia Phillies the day before all those test results came out. So the Philadelphia Phillies ended up with two guys who have also tested. The Blue Jays were supposed to play in Philadelphia this weekend and decided, well, no. So at some point in time, this this already shortened season of, I believe, 60 games, like there's going to be teams that are going to have like five, six, seven games to make up at the end of the year, lost to COVID. Um, yeah. So, So the new rule came out yesterday, like they're making up straight on the fly now. Because you have to, right? This is the world we live in. And yeah, they, gotta react. they said, hey, listen, we're going to make up some of these games. We'll do it on double headers. But it's going to be seven innings, not nine. So seven inning, double headers to get this out of the way. And, and I mean, well, hey, that, that's playground rules. That's the stuff I used to do when I was 12, right? So yeah. Yeah. Um, 
fun to watch, but baseball really screwed it up. And the fans in the crowd, sure. The AR is fun. I know the Yankees are using that. Um, I saw, I saw a bunch of cardboard cutouts. Um, yeah, I and, saw that too. That uh, doesn't feel good to me. No, but you know what's fun? They're they're letting they're letting like their guys, right? So there's there was a guy in Detroit, I think. I don't remember the exact team, but it was he's a season ticket holder, and they're allowing their season ticket holders, you know, the guys who get the email newsletters and all that stuff, to send in pictures, and we'll create the cardboard cutouts. And so he created a thousand of them. And he just took like a whole three sections of the entire stadium. Kind of dumb, but kind of fun, right? Like you got to have but fun. They're with... spending money though on these things, right? Yeah, yeah, right. But they're still making, they made that, they made that guy spend it though, right? It's not like the team went out and was like, hey, we'll buy cardboard cutouts. They were probably like, well, we can get a cardboard cutout for you for $10 a cutout. And this guy was like, yeah, I got nothing better to do, right? So, sure. um, so it's interesting. I'm happy it's back. Sports are interesting i'm I'm really really looking forward to getting out tonight to go see the raps game uh you know perfect patio night for it yeah. and social distance and, and stay safe and we all kind of get back to it but i'm going to tell you right now bud three weeks from now major league baseball is done for the year because most of those teams will have had some exposure and how do the teams travel do they are they all do they travel privately or do they travel commercially yeah. no uh privately so so this was a, a key part of it. Like when the Blue Jays were negotiating with the federal government here on whether they, cause they, the Blue Jays got to do their spring training. Like they got to come back to Rogers center. They were in the hotel that's attached to the Rogers center. So sure. everybody was there and they were doing it's their set up to, to keep yeah. them isolated. Right. Exactly. But, but were it, they in Florida at all? Um, No, not, not since like April, not since like back before, like when spring training first happened. So they were uh, in Florida getting ready to do spring training. And then it's like, no, we got And go. yeah. And then the season was delayed and nobody knew if the, when it was going to happen. And then eventually um, they came around and was like, okay, we're going to, we're going to try to kick this thing off by the end of July. So you, some of you guys should start, you know, loosening up and getting warmed up while that was happening. The blue Jays were trying to figure out how are they going to play teams at the Rogers center? And the plan was, as Major League Baseball had pretty much done everywhere else, um, but the federal government in Canada had asked for a very, very different thing from what the Americans were asking of their of the people, right? These guys, they wanted everybody to fly in private, chartered plane, like usual. Every team's got their own plane anyways. Okay. You get, you get to Pearson, you land on the tarmac, you go directly into a bus uh, that's already there. You know, that bus takes you directly to the hotel. You're in the hotel until game day. And then you play your games. And there was pretty specific fines that were put in place for visiting teams who were seen out and about. Okay. So, you know, you flew in from Tampa and you're supposed to be in your hotel, but you're, you're not at the Royal York right now. I just, I just saw you walking around Ripley's. Um, that guy gets massively fined. So Major League Baseball balked at that. The players were like, nope. Um, the Blue Jays were like, yes, right? Because they didn't think it was so much to ask of other people to do the right thing. Um, but apparently as we're seeing, yeah, it is, it's way too much to ask because the Marlins didn't give a shit. And right. one team has decided to pretty much jeopardize the entire season because they're Miami Marlins. And I'm guessing they buy into that Florida culture. Of we don't need to wear masks. We, you know, that's our freedoms and stuff. Well, your freedoms just fucked up an entire year for everybody. Well, would that be the leaders of the teams who would be potentially local to have those, 
uh, yeah. ideals because the players aren't necessarily all from Miami for sure, right? Right. Yeah, but I mean, the thing is, you buy into your surroundings, right? And and here's the thing: if I'm a Miami Marlins player and I'm coming in from my hometown of Chicago, I'm wearing that mask. I'm walking around, and then what happens is you get accosted by a hundred locals. We're like, oh, you pussy. Oh, you like you've heard players actually get out on Twitter and be like, I can't believe this is the case. Talking about their own hometown, like where they're playing, going, what the hell did I just come into? Right. Um, And then, yeah, you're going to see some of that just kind of be pressure. Basketball's got the same thing, man. And Kawhi Leonard, who came to the Raptors last year, won a championship, has seen how the Raptors have handled this bubble, which is total team solidarity. These guys are going out to teach group dinners. They're going out everywhere together because they don't want to see you out on your own anywhere. Kawhi Leonard goes down to Los Angeles and signs with the Clippers in his hometown. And Lou Williams, who's like the sixth man. So in basketball, they've got a thing called the sixth man, who's like the best player who's not a starting five, right? Uh, so he's the sixth man on that team. Lou Williams decides he's going to go spend a night out at a strip club in Florida outside of the bubble comes back and the NBA is like, bro, we just found out you were gone 10 days. You don't get to do shit. So Kawhi said, and they're going, we got a game. And this guy's not available for three of them because his mentality is it's not a big deal. Whereas the Raptors are sitting there like cloistered up, put up like banners on their hotel room to make it seem like they're home. Um, It's a difference in like mindset and organization. And that's, it's kind of interesting to see that playing out across all of it now. Um, and, and just, you know, man, like football is just around the corner. And if there's any league that relies on having people in the stands to build that atmosphere, it's the NFL. Right. Without that atmosphere, that, that's going to be a really hard product to watch on TV. Because I've, 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 you're not a big guy in the sports, and so I'll give you this number, and you're going to fucking lose your mind. <laughs> All right? A football game is, you know, four quarters, 15 minutes, 60 minutes, right? A game. It's all about the event, though. I do know a little bit. I know enough. Yeah, but from, but from a sports-watching perspective, I'm going to yeah. tell you how frustrating it can be, right? Hockey is usually, you know, three periods, 20 minutes, and you get good action for those 20 minutes. And a 60-minute game can stretch into about two and a half hours with commercials, breaks, all that. You've got a 48-minute game in basketball that usually goes about two and a half, but the pace of that game is so quick that stoppages and whistles and foul shots, like even when they blow a whistle and the clock's not running, there's usually somebody doing something like trying to inbound a ball or shoot a free throw. Football, that clock runs and there's nothing happening on the field. So you can watch a 60-minute football game that with commercials, intermissions, and all that crap takes three, three and a half hours to finish on TV. And you may have only seen 22 minutes of real action, like actual plays and football in a 60-minute game. Because a lot of that time is just the clock's winding down while these guys are grabbing the ball and setting up, huddling, talking about the next play. It's a fucking boring game to watch if you're only watching for the action. So generally, you need that crowd you need like the like when the penalty flag goes up and there's a good minute and a half before the next thing's going to happen in this game you need that crowd yelling at the referee so that you're invested too but right now it's going to be a really hard sell for those announcers to be like 
we're we're going to take this to a replay and fill an, uh, a minute and a half here and try to make this game seem like it's faster than it is. I'm worried about football because it's this like untouchable, untouchable thing. Um, but I feel like it's going to be the first one where people watch go, ooh, ooh, this is this is not a good product, right? Like when when you think about it. You you know what I kind of think is interesting. <clears throat> not thinking about the sport, thinking about COVID and what's going on. If you had asked me what the safest sport to bring back would be, I would have said baseball, 100. Yeah. percent To me, it seems like the least contact, other outside of like maybe base running. Yeah. Um, football for sure. There's a ton of contact. Basketball, they're close knit. Hockey as well. I think all three, right? Yeah. Um. I would have thought, oh, baseball, like there's 90, 90 feet between the pitcher and the the batter, right? Like that's great. 90 feet between each base, I think, right? Right. Yeah. You I don't it. know if they're, I don't know if it's equal all over or what it is, but um, 90. Uh, I would have guessed, oh, that's the best one to be safe because they're the furthest apart. How did they blow that, right? <laughs> right. Like you, you'd think that they should be okay. I mean, obviously in their bullpens and things, like they're they're close, but maybe transmission like 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 you said with the blue jays like between yeah. teams should be pretty low exactly right so that's 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 where you see like an entire miami team go down and yeah they play the phillies but only like one or two people on the phillies get it and it's mm. it's because it's not happening on the field to play right like ba- basketball these guys are doing tests every week so they're releasing mm. the results every week so the last run of like 400 tests they did in the nba zero positives came back same with the NHL, right? Zero positives. Early on in, in the comeback, there was like one or two guys that did, and they sat out there. They did their quarantines, and now they're back. Um, but the thing is, those guys are controllable. They're in a bubble. They're in one spot. You can kind of be like, hey, we're, we're here. You can't control these guys in baseball right now who are they're traveling the country, and they're going to get out. They're going to transmit. And America's an entirely different beast compared to how Canada and Europe and everyone else has handled it. So a league that's entirely going to be playing down there right now is in trouble. Yeah. Where, whereas the NHL is in fine shape and, and Edmonton and Toronto and the NBA, I mean, it's, it's hard to, I'm enjoying the games. It's competitive. It's fun. It's whatever. I'll, I will adjust to the very intimate feel of it um, in time. I'm sure I will. And, but cause at least they're playing and they're doing it right. Would I prefer if they were in a giant arena, maybe with some other, right? Because their their Zoom screens are a little weird. They they don't interact as well, right? Their interactions are a little bit static. What about the teams? So the biggest cities in the U.S. Mm. Um, you know, like obviously have the most cases. So New York. Well, I guess I'm saying states, but New yeah. York. New York's actually okay, though. They're, California. They're yeah. uh, Florida. Yeah. Some of those states are hit the hardest, right? And they have multiple teams, too, right? Yeah. So, like, New York, like, the, um, are those teams playing right now? Yeah, the Yankees are out. The Mets are, are playing as well. Um, right. New York State's one of the few that kind of have things under control, but that's because their governor was like pretty strict and strong off the bat. While Trump was spending weeks saying this shit's not a problem, he was pretty much like, this is a problem and I'm locking your asses down. Right. So he, he he's, he's he out just of had numbers because it was inevitable with that. It was just, yeah, with that number, it's just, the problem is the hotspots, 
that shouldn't be right. Like numbers, the things shouldn't still be growing in Florida and in Arizona and Tennessee, Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Things shouldn't still be growing there. Um, and people play in those places, right? Like as as out far far out as it is, right? Like an Atlanta-based team, that's a problem, man. Um, but otherwise, New York had offered the bubble. It's Major League Baseball themselves who decided we want to have for some reason, our guys go arena to arena versus they had plenty of options where they could have just said, Hey, we're taking half of the league and you go to Arizona, the other half, you guys go to Florida and we're going to stay at our spring training facilities. It's going to look like shit on TV. It's going to look like we're playing little league. Right. Like, and because you nailed it, man. Sure. It's going to look different, but the dimensions are the same. That pitching mound is still 60 feet, six inches away. And those bases are still 90 feet. So whether this looks like it's little league baseball versus the big arenas, at least you guys are all one spot. It would have been a safer way to do it. Um, but hey, man, we're all in it's uncharted territories, right? Mm-hmm. We're gonna see. I mean, things things are opening up at a at a pace where some of us are comfortable, some of us are not. Like, I got kids who might have to go to school in September, and I'm not sure how I feel about that right now, to be honest. Right. Uh, Part of me is okay with it because you kind of just, you know, we all got to wear our masks, wash our hands because the vaccine's not coming out tomorrow, right? It, it could be a year or two. So for the next year or two, we, we can't just kind of stay in our house. Um, but at the same time, are we just getting a little too cocky and a little too arrogant and the numbers being so low? You know, a wave is a wave, right? Like I know how the ocean works. Are, are we... Are we messing with it? And and is sports the distraction that's going to get me out to to avoid that? I hope not. But hey, mm-hmm. Leafs have a chance at a cup. Raptors have a chance to repeat. Jays could even actually win a World Series. So why do the Leafs have a right. chance this year? Is it just because there's less teams? Yeah. So it's really just because you got to figure everybody. No hate. No hate to the know. Toronto the Maple Leafs. By they're the way. they're a good young team, but they they still got a lot to learn on how to win, right? Um, so they have the talent and I feel like it's one of those times where a regular season, had it been drawn out through the 82 games and then you go into the playoffs, you're tired, you're worn down. You just don't have the fight that maybe you need, right? Like older veteran grizzled people can find the fight after battling it out for seven months straight or whatnot. These guys have now had a chance. They've had to go, they've, they've been able to go home and relax, kick back. Now they're coming back, young, fresh kids. And it's really just a sprint to the finish. And it's one of those things where your talent and skill might be able to take you further than it should have before, right? So now you might be able to just have run and gun style where defense wins, but not maybe now because not all the teams are playing defense well. So maybe you can just score eight goals a night and and find yourself tripping in. Or they haven't got that. They're not in in their like kind of groove yet, maybe. Yeah, right. So... we were talking sort of more about how the tip like the world is affecting major sports right now, but I will ask you a leaf space question um, mm-hmm. from what I know of my friends online that are leafs fans because naturally I don't talk to them in person um it seems like at the start of each n h l season um the leafs start strong and then they sort of like i don't know if it's a fatigue or a wear out thing but um, this yeah. is just my observation of it from afar, very far distance away. Um, do they burn out 
and so this shorter year has is an advantage for them yeah so i'll say that's probably the right analysis for this team this year right now right um they're they're a youthful team who doesn't necessarily put it to consistency is the biggest problem for this this generation of leafs team there's been issues with every leafs team since like the 70s or 80s but some of them have just been bad luck right wayne gretzky that that was bad luck in 93 like we should have won the stanley cup that year but whatever let's not go there Um, i don't even know where we're going so that's (laughs) yeah no don't don't i'm not brings up bad old wounds um but so that was a bad luck team. This this team right now is just an inconsistent young team trying to learn how to right. to be adults, right? Like it's a different league, the NHL now, even since it was since ten years ago. Um, ten years ago, an eighteen year old kid comes into the league, and it takes him ten years. But when he's twenty eight, is when he gets paid and gets recognition. Now these kids come in at eighteen because of the salary cap system, the economics of the game they're usually cashing in when they're 21. So it's hard to tell a 21-year-old kid, hey, you need to pay your dues and work harder and and do the things you don't want to do on the ice to be a winning team um, while this kid's cashing in an $11 million check for the year. Whereas a decade ago, you could do that and and, because that kid was only making like a mil and a half and he was waiting for when he turned 26, 27 to get that big contract. So the economics of the game have changed the game and how it's played. and turned it into this really youthful thing. So what you're finding is is teams that win now in the new NHL are teams that have not just drafted really young, good talent, but mature young talent, right? Like 18, 19, 20-year-old kids who understand the the level of commitment, effort, and all that stuff. Like you see it with the teams who draft talent. They end up with a bunch of guys who play well, but not consistently because, I don't know, I'm self-aware enough to know that I'd be that guy, right? Like I'd be cashing it. I'd be like that too. I think it's so easy to be like that when you're young as well. No, but right? I'm not Jordan, right? I'm like I'm not Jordan. Like I'm not I'm not the guy who's gonna be like, I'm gonna set the I'm gonna set the pace and I'm gonna come to the gym every day and do this. No, I'd probably be the guy who's like, yo, I just I score 40 goals a year in my sleep, so I don't really need to do more than that. That's enough. Check out my new Bentley, right? I get it. That's that's the Leafs team. That the entire roster of the Leafs is made up of that individual right now, trying to figure out when the right time to actually give a shit is. Even though they they have a sort of a poor track record, are their players paid well? Oh, like do they yeah. have a, right? So, and obviously yeah. we know that they make a lot of money. The team. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So okay. Because there's like a the economics of the Leafs is interesting, right? they don't yeah they and, don't have and, to win to be as profitable as they are and that's part of the reason why winning isn't important it, to the owners exactly right it's no it is right because the deeper they go the more money they make but the problem has always been that no matter who's running that team they can't seem to break this country club culture that exists in the locker room because you're right it's not like if a lot of these guys are making 11 million bucks a year and playing and like on the Florida Panthers, a team that loses money consistently, they would actually probably have a little bit of pride in, in the fact that, yo, I make a lot of money on the star. I want to help this team get more butts in the seats and I'll be involved in the community. And I'm going to do more to kind of raise the profile so that people give a shit. Whereas guys show up here and they're kind of like, I hear that I get free meals in the city. Is that true? Right? Like there's a different mentality of guys walking in. 
Um, and that's not true of the entire team. Obviously, there's going to be a couple of guys in there who are just lunch pail guys who want to just do the work. Um, but a, but it's hard not to. I don't know. I would imagine it's the same as being a New York Yankee, right? Um, or a Dallas Cowboy. There's just certain teams in certain leagues where it's like, I may not need to be as good as I need to be here, but I'm going to live the life of a superstar, right? Like it's, I would die to be a Yankee for a day. Easy. Sure. Yankees have the best stories, man. Have you ever heard about the 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 Derek Jeter gift basket? No, I don't know. Oh. Um, the most rumor I know about uh, Derek Jeter is um, when he got shot. The guy who shot oh. Derek Jeter. Derek Jeter never got shot. What are you talking about? No, you talking I'm sorry. About? The other guys. Uh, there's a movie with uh, Will Ferrell yeah. and Mark Wahlberg where he shoots. They call yeah. him oh. the Yankee Clipper. Yeah, okay. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. I thought I was you were a little off. I was like, no, no, that's like my closest to knowing anything about Jeter. (laughs) No, I mean, Jeter is, I know he was a superstar. I know that he was like loved by everyone in New York, that kind of thing. Right. But remember our Keanu talk. Yeah. Jeter's like the Keanu of baseball. Okay. I'm not writing a song for Jeter. I'll write it. I'll take care of it. (laughs) Uh, um, But yeah, no. So baseball, good luck. Basketball, I'm excited. Um, the it, the first the, the first night was great. Um, the first two games were actually the first game of the season was actually really good. We went like down to the wire last second. Like when you see a last any basketball game that ends with the last possession being a win or lose, that's the best game. Was that the LeBron game? No, no. So the LeBron was the second game of the night. Uh, the first was the Pelicans and the Utah Jazz. Didn't he have it, like a winning basket or something too? I thought I yeah. read that. Yeah. I love Boda. So it's, it's, I'll get over it, man. I'll get over the intimacy of how close I am. Like, I know people die for courtside seats for basketball, but this, this doesn't feel right watching it like this at home. Hmm. That's an interesting take. Um, well, maybe, maybe basketball will add AR fans. From what I hear, Silver Spoon is in talk with other leagues. So maybe you'll get some zoomed out um, and, you know, Drake will pay to have his face in half of the. the yeah. So, half of the, <laughs> the, but that VR AR, like that's really interesting to me in the sense that I guess this is a good time to start experimenting with a different fan experience, right? Sure. Fans aren't there. We're, we're not getting the same experience. And I guess if, if it was the world was normal, there would be no reason to innovate or drive this forward. But I guess what I'm asking for is when I can't be there and I don't necessarily want to watch it on TV, is there going to be a VR experience? Like, can I, will I be able to watch and experience a baseball game from like a helmet cam on the top of a bat? Like POV? Like, so imagine the NBA signs a deal with Sony to have like a POV cam in the Sony VR headset. I mean, right? Like now, how cool would that be? Like, uh, I don't know who the center is of the yeah. Raptors, but imagine if it was on him and you could like live that tip off or something. Right. Exactly. How yeah. cool would that be? That's, that's where I'm. That's where I want to see now. I'm thinking, I would watch that for sure. Body cam on a back catcher, yeah. so that you can see like that pitch coming in and how he's got to catch it in the in the bat swinging in sure. front of him. Right. That kind of stuff would. That's where I'm like, okay, you know, what? you want to start building in a new experience for me. That would be really neat. Because I get, I guess, 
to see those angles on TV, but I don't get to be immersed in them. And that's and a way to I make go, money again, too, because that's a subscription service that people pay yeah. for. Yeah. People are right, going like, to go out and buy PlayStations that would never buy a PlayStation for that. Yeah. Right. Like this is this feels like something that Facebook and Oculus and all of these VR Whoever. companies and yeah. you know, all of them, they should be getting together on this and being and like, you can Yo. do it on your phone, right? They have like those phone uh, the Pixel, VR the, the headsets. Yeah. Right. Every, and that's the problem. Everybody made one and then nobody followed up on it. Right. So like Samsung made theirs and Google made theirs and. There was a huge disconnect between like this $180 one versus this $1,000 one. So obviously one of these is, is going to do better VR, but this is where those guys need to come together and be like, listen, we tried to create an industry and it fucking tanked. Um, like just like 3D and at home, right? Like nobody's buying 3D televisions. They don't give a shit. Correct. Uh, so they need to come together and be like, how are we going to really... I'm thinking everything, man, like my kids and I hate to bring everything back to Hamilton for like every week, but my kids are watching it and they're like, Hey, this feels like we're on the stage. It's really cool. And I was like, and, and that's where I was like, well, wouldn't it be cool if I was actually on the stage, right? Like that's where you throw the VR headset on. And, and the next time you record, right? Like, so the thing is producers and creators have to start looking at it that way too. How much is that season pass? Like in every major league team or, uh, major league sport yeah that's like a season pass or whatever that you pay for all the all the shows or all the games yeah. those things are a hundred dollars a year right hundreds of dollars yeah man if, if you get them all right so there's there's an added value to be like okay i'm already watching this game on tv and i'm already seeing my 2d sort of like angles that i'm used to mm-hmm. uh, but hey if i'm paying an extra 20 bucks to like mlb.com or the NFL game pass app or whatever, I should have access to some added cool features like the ability to connect to VR, AR, or anything along those kinds of lines. And so this is what I'm, I'm trying to get at is like creators are going to have to start looking at it that way too. Mm-hmm. So the next time you're going to like the next time a Hamilton is getting filmed on stage, there's not just 12 characters on the stage. You're going to have to put this one unnamed person who's character number 13 who's the actual camera, right? Like on the stage and is you um, so that you get to live in that avatar in whatever you're watching. And like, it'd be very cool to interact. Yeah. I think right? that works for sports really well. Like yeah. you could have drone cameras covering stuff in baseball. Um, you know, like all that technology is already there. It's not like we're inventing anything in, right. our, in our talk right now. Like it's, put a, exactly. Yeah. yeah. It, it's about creating sort of a new experience to use that format, right? Like I would love to be a character in a stage play without knowing it, right? So you've got this VR helmet on, everything's happening around you. And at some point in time, there's going to be characters who look directly at you mm-hmm. and will interact with you and give you a line of dialogue or something and say something to you. Whether or not you interact and say anything, it's fine. But um, yeah, man, and this this is one of the things I'm glad that we're back into the, the openings um stage three thank you ontario and everyone else for having gotten us to this point i can't wait to get back to palladium and start messing around in the vr room again right because there's some cool shit happening there yeah some of those six hits uh we had one kw that closed down because they just couldn't afford to stay open mm-hmm. yeah but um yes there is lots of opportunity we could have things streaming on like you said facebook we could have video services on tiktok 
that is maybe something to talk about TikTok. So um, the president yeah. of the U.S., uh, Donald Trump there, um, said that he was going to ban TikTok from all of the United States, maybe as of today. There's 90 million users across the U.S.? Um, yes. Yeah. So have so, you heard about this at all? You have a TikTok well, account. I don't know if it's active. I, I did have a personal one, made a couple yeah. of videos, had fun with it. Uh, to be honest, I like it. It's, it can be a nice... Like the play. video editing stuff is good, right? Yeah, no. And I mean, the, the, the community itself, right? Like Twitter's a bunch of haters. Instagram's a bunch of show-off people. And TikTok, to be honest, is just a bunch of people who just want to have fun. I mean, a Most lot of it is a bunch of no talent people, but um... yeah, no, that's and that's the thing. But they all know it, right? Yeah. So that's where it's like nobody goes on TikTok expecting to be t- like. If you're talented on TikTok, what the fuck are you doing here? Go back to YouTube, <laughs> right? Like that. That's sort of the the mentality of like, whoa, you're taking this shit too seriously. You belong somewhere else. But I don't have the account for myself. I have my kids' account because. That that's just how it turned out. I was like, this is more fun for me and the kids together mm-hmm. to have fun little stuff for us. I don't need to really engage too much on this. I've already got other stuff on the go. Um, but you know, TikTok was banned in India recently too. Yeah, that's right. Um, and Zuckerberg, I think just yesterday when he was in front of Congress, um, well, he did a great job in front of Congress. Zuckerberg, I hate you. <laughs> did you see that guy who asked him about uh he about did a great job. Twitter? about yeah. something on Twitter and he's like, uh, oh, no. I think you're speaking about Twitter. Yeah, yeah. I can't answer well, no, that question. It was, it was, it was a perfect setup. He, I wasn't expecting him to be that good at it, but uh, yeah, essentially the, the, practice. the Senate guy who's on the committee asked him about censorship of a, a Donald Trump Jr. article. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that guy was trying to pin it on Facebook as in like, you guys have too much power to just censor things. And he was, that's where he came back with. And this was the whole thing. He started with, hey, yeah, you're wrong. That was on Twitter. And then he gets into a bunch of different things about how, well, listen, we're not the biggest in search. Google is. Hey, we're not the biggest in this. Amazon is. Uh, Hey, we're not the biggest in this. TikTok is. Huh. He actually referenced TikTok in front of the Congress and saying, they're the fastest growing app in the world right now. And I think it's kind of odd that a few days later, the guy who needed, like Donald Trump needed Zuckerberg's help four years ago to win the election, all of a sudden now decides, I can probably get rid of that fastest rising app in the entire country. Well, there, there's would, a subplot that help? to this that you haven't thought about, or I haven't mentioned anyways, that I'm going to tell you about. Um, TikTok is owned by a company um, called ByteDance. And they're in a deal right now to sell to Microsoft and keep a minor, uh, 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 minority um, ownership of it. And so um, they're in negotiations. And um, Trump's threat to ban, some people are thinking, is a negotiation tactic. That could be interesting. But I mean, I've never known him to help Microsoft. But an interesting tie-in there. Facebook only exists today because Microsoft initially put $300 million in them before they were anything. Um, so I would not be surprised if Microsoft did want to pick it up. ByteDance, my understanding is that that's a Chinese-owned, like a Chinese government-owned company that's merely there to spy on us. But 
as I've mentioned before, if ByteDance and the Chinese government thinks they're gleaming anything of value off of my phone while I'm making TikTok videos, they're the ones wasting their own goddamn resources, right? Like, I don't see James Bond installing TikTok on his phone so he can make videos in his spare time. So whatever sort of information they are trying to gather is fucking useless, in my opinion, because um, it's not like they're going to be backdooring into the Pentagon through my phone. That being said, um, I don't know why Microsoft would want to purchase it other than wanting their own social network that they don't have information and hands on. Doesn't seem like one of their, doesn't seem like something they'd be into because Microsoft itself has been pretty, pretty invested on like sort of going into the app world of like, we're not even, we don't really give a shit if you use Windows, but here's Office 365 on Android and iOS and everywhere else. So could it could work. Minority make ownership makes sense. Like the way they picked up Skype. Um, I mean, they saved Apple once. They pretty much invented faith. Like LinkedIn is Microsoft. Correct. Right. People, people tend to forget that. Like because LinkedIn is spun out, has its own goddamn IPO and its own stock price and everything. But that's a Microsoft product. And LinkedIn, when you look at it, looks very darn similar to Facebook. And the only reason LinkedIn and Facebook have never gone to war with one another is because. Microsoft was involved with both of them and therefore was able to make that cooperation work. Um, what the hell Trump's play here is, I don't know. The guy's crazy, son. Like, I don't, I can't stop trying to predict him. But I feel like this is a let me help out Zuckerberg and maybe Zuckerberg will help me out kind of thing. Because um, for some reason, those two boys love each other. They do. They do. I mean, I mean, he came in front of Congress this week and pretty much just like tried to be like, hey, we're doing the right thing. But hmm, I didn't want to have to take down the fake story about hydrochloric or whatever. But you forced my hand. Right. Like it's, it's one of those things where he's he's kind of comes out and is like, I don't want to take this stuff down. But some some of you guys are just too darn. Like, you force my hand. I have to. Right. So we'll see. I, I'm worried about that one. I've. Did you know that um, the, the history between the Trump campaign and Zuckerberg goes back to 2016 and that there was Facebook staff that worked on the Trump campaign? Um, well, I knew that Facebook was influential definitely in the outcome of the election a little bit, but... More than just influential. So yeah. Facebook, um, and this is an Obama era thing, right? So mm -hmm. Obama was the first one to kind of create a, a grassroots digital campaign using Facebook and those kinds of things. Um, but he did it on his own. He, he went out to Silicon Valley and amassed his own engineers to create his own base using that for campaigning purposes, not misinformation, right? But that's the thing. You open Once you've opened the barn door on something and been like, Obama was able to say, hey, look, I use technology on Facebook to get like way more people out to vote. The next person coming out the barn door goes, well, doesn't that mean I can get Russian like misinformation out there as well? Right, so they, the next person uses it in a different, more sinister way. And campaigns are big business, right? I just watched Irresistible. Exactly, and and so Facebook had actually reached out to both the Hillary Clinton campaign and the Donald Trump campaign and said, "We'll give you guys like our own staff that we pay. We will place in your campaigns to help you learn how to use ads on Facebook. Help you." learn how to target better on Facebook. Sounds good. 
sounds pretty straight. Sounds like a great offer, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. The Clinton campaign said no. And they said, that seems like outside interference from a third-party company. What we would love to do is we'll hire our own guys and we'll reach out to your customer support teams when we need help on how to set up an ad or when we need help on this. The Trump campaign said, send these fuckers over. And those guys got in there pretty deep and embedded. So not only were the, was the Trump campaign and organization able to say, hey, help us drive some of these voters and find these people, they were even able to say, well, we've got some really cool fake news articles that we would really love to have these people see as well. So they took it to the next level. And Facebook at that point was back into a corner where they couldn't say anything and be like, oh, well, that seems like we're crossing. There was no policy in place. This policy didn't even exist till after everything came out and we found out about Cambridge Analytica and all that. So my concern is here we go again. We're going into 2020 and I'm not too sure what like what Zuckerberg's allegiance to Donald is, but there is something there. Um, and for some reason, they're getting ready to unroll this again. And this TikTok seems like the easiest way to... Because here's the thing. It's a short-term fix. If he bans TikTok in America, he's only doing it for three months. He's not going to do it indefinitely. He's just going to do it for shits and giggles, right? The interesting thing is that like, I would think that like the younger vote is probably leaning away from Trump more so than if anyone else, right? Right. The TikTok demographic is probably his the one that he needs to win. Did you see the new app that hit the App Store this week, made by Instagram? It's called oh. Reels. R e e l s. Oh. What do you think they make? Videos, right? So it's yeah. essentially an app that is meant to break the Instagram stories out of the Instagram app and be like, your Instagram story can also exist on Reels where we're gonna give you way more additional editing tools and you can do so much more cool stuff like use music on the, sounds like an app that I've already heard of. And it sounds like if you banned one of those apps, it seems like this other app would have a lot more traction, right? So- And that would be owned by Facebook, is, right? Yeah, it's a Facebook app. So Reels would be their TikTok competing against, I mean, that's what they do. That's Great what they timing. do. Great timing. You just broke the story, I think, didn't I you? I hope so. You know how it goes. We, we broke you know how the story. Goes. We talk about it, and then the week yeah. following, Reels becomes the number one downloaded app in all of America. Yeah, next week we're going to talk about Sasquatch, and then they're going to find the fuckers. Yeah. For sure. Can't wait. Tom Green's going out and finding them, and we're going to talk about it. Um, yeah, man. Okay, well, uh, I, I think we have some time. For your favorite segment and mine, countdown Actually, to no, before that though. To tenant. Oh, before okay. that, because I, we've got a lot to talk about on tenant and exciting things have happened this week. But I, but before we go too far, I do want to do a quick special shout out to Gary Larson, sure, um, illustrator and creator of the Far Side comics. Uh, some okay, of the yeah. best work that had ever been done from a cartoonist. Um, you know, he came out in 1980, ran through 1995, and then retired. And that was it. And people didn't know what he was up to, straight up. Um, J.D. Salinger, like, level of work, and just kind of like, I'm gone. Uh, redefined the entire genre, and then decided two weeks ago to break his retirement after 25 years and start posting new stuff. Um, so anybody who's been a fan of The Far Side should probably go check out thefarside.com and check out the new stuff. The only reason, apparently, he's got a good blog post on there about why, um, 
but the fun thing is he he's found tablets so so all of the new comics he's done he's done three new ones um are all color tablet done um beautifully drawn and are even more caustic and just biting than the far side ever was um the perfect thing for 2020 before tenant of course okay okay cool i like it i'm on there now but i won't get distracted because tenant could maybe come out in like 80 percent of theaters all of them in canada yeah i mean sorry 80 percent yeah um so it's scheduled again for September yeah, 3rd. Yeah, so we're going to get to see it a good 10 days ahead, eh? This is fantastic. Yeah. Is that right? We're going to see it before the end uh, of August. August. I think they're scheduled for August 17th right now in Canada. Um, Cineplex, Cineplex just opened up 25 theaters last night, um, and they mm-hmm. have plans to open a few more over the next coming weeks. We talked about this, I think. I don't know if we talked about this on here. Uh, but remember, they were the, the the issue was the limit of the fifty people in the entire theater. Yeah, yeah, we're yeah. So they now they the government came back and said, yeah, you're right. It makes sense to have fifty people per screen. Um, so we've got that, and it's coming out. And uh, if you're a movie buff like me, Cineplex is offering five dollar uh, tickets for the next couple of weeks for, for people to just show up. And then yeah, August seventeenth, I believe, or twenty seventh, everywhere in Canada, and then the states whenever the hell they get around to it. What do you know about the 10th anniversary of Inception? It, it was re-released in theaters, was it not? But who the hell would have had a chance to see it? Going oh, to be. okay, so they delayed that. Hasn't been yet. August 21st, Unhinged and Inception. So there's a, a little schedule that yeah. I have for you. Um, the New Mutants is scheduled for August 28th. Exciting. Uh, Tenant, September 3rd. Yeah, which obviously... The King's Man, which I I don't really know what that is. So have you ever watched the the Kingsman Secret Service movies? Yeah. Oh, right. It's the prequel. exactly. Who's Uh, in that? I want to say it's Mark. No, it's not Mark Strong. It's, um... He was in the... It could be. He's in Yeah, no, but I think he's, like, in... But it's it's a new character. Well, oh, Ralph Fiennes. Oh, right. Um, Right. Yeah, I believe it's his entire movie, I think. Uh, Greenland. Mm, not sure what that one is. September 25th. And then, now you might not like this, but what they're actually saying could um, restore the box office, be the global, the savior of global box office, Wonder Woman 1984. I think Tenant will... Uh, okay, I know what you're saying. Tenant will save the, the box office first. But globally, yeah, Wonder Woman's going to pretty well i liked the first wonder woman i, I love gal i love gal um it's because it's opening in october so it gets an extra little yeah. bit of time so things will be uh, things will be more open hopefully as long as the uh, winter and cold months don't resurge which yeah, very well, well could yeah. uh, apparently it did very well better than expected in north america mm-hmm. the first one no the first one was so they're expecting the first one was the only dc movie uh, from this whole reboot crap that they've done that I enjoyed. I hated Batman versus mm-hmm. Superman. I hated Justice League. was not a fan of Suicide Squad at all. Um, when I, I saw Wonder that, Woman, yeah. I was like, oh, finally, right? Like, this is this kind of makes sense as to what I was looking to see here. So, yeah. Yeah. It earned over 50, over 50% of 
of its revenue in North in North America, or actually not in North America, in okay. the U.S. So the funny part is that's, that's, a, that's another Warner Brothers flick, and yeah. I'm almost darn tootin' that uh, Tenant is also a Warner Brothers movie. So there's a lot there's a lot on the line for those guys. But I'm excited about Tenant, man. So it's it's, pretty, we're gonna get to go, and, yeah. and we'll get to do a review, maybe even. Oh my goodness. Wow, wouldn't that be interesting? Eh? Maybe I'll get a special mask that looks the same on the front and the back for Tenant. <laughs> yeah, just to confuse everyone. It's gonna be good. I mean, I've, I'm gonna. Tr- I think what I'm gonna do is avoid as much as I can on the, the theory, the plot. Like this time, I think I'm I'm gonna do my best to just let it kind of wash over me. Uh, Let's just go a few times. That's gonna right? have to be the case, right? Because I feel like. I know with Interstellar, the con- like the concept of it was so it was a lot for you to wrap your head around. So I know for weeks ahead of time, like Christopher Nolan had stuff on like history uh, and A and E explaining like interstellar space travel time. Like there was features going on to kind of explain the concept of it before I went to go see the movie. So I didn't waste a lot of time trying to figure sure. it out. Um, I don't remember a lot of that happening with Inception. Because uh, it was kind, of, it was. It's yeah. actually not hard to grasp that. Like the first thirty minutes kind of lays it out, and you're like, "Oh, I get it." Inception, like, because we yeah. all we all dream, yeah, right. So we can all relate on yeah. some way to. We're not all astrophysicists, yeah. so that makes sense. And and well, what? I am, of course. Um, but with Tenant, I don't know. I think it's going to be like an Inception. I guess I have to let this one just wash over me now. Hmm. Which is which is pretty exciting. I'm excited to see it. I know that you're going to go without me once at least, so we'll we'll are probably one of our viewings yeah, will be together yeah, for sure. Uh, you just assume, eh? You're like, I'm, there's no way, there's no I way just, I'm going to see this with yeah. JP first. <laughs> I mean, maybe maybe first, but maybe maybe not. <laughs> you know, it comes out on a Friday. I'm probably going to be busy. It's all that availability night, so. to me, man. Like, that's yeah. all it is. First come, first serve, based on scheduling. Well, you live in the GTA, so my theaters might be easier to get into. Yeah, that's that's true. But there's more of them here, too. I'll say that. Riskier. Yeah. Riskier way. there. It's going to still be 50 people, man. <laughs> All right. Well, I appreciate you teaching me a little bit about uh, sports today. That was quite the experience. I hope to see... Um, our avatars or, or something someday in the stands. It'd be great to see that um, back catcher. You know, that's what I really want now that you mention it. I want a back catcher cam. I want to I want to hear that pitch come in. I want to see like a puff of smoke from the glove. Like how great would that feel? Right? Yeah, I'm excited. A lot of good things happening. Hopefully, coronavirus going away and AR on its way. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, remember to follow us on Instagram at Can You Confirm That? And uh, we'll see you next week. See you, folks.